Welcome everyone to Edureka Live. My name is Saurabh and today I'll be focusing on top 10 Python libraries. Our love for Python is no secret. But with so many libraries, it can be overwhelming for beginning developers to identify the most useful ones. Here I'll be introducing the most widely used Python libraries. And there is no order. And this is our list guys, so if you have any other library in the mind, you can just mention it in the comment section. So the first library that I'm going to talk about is called Pandas. I think most of you have heard about it. It is a Python library used for data analysis and manipulation. Pandas can deal with different types of data. It can deal with tabular data, it can deal with ordered and unordered time series data, right? And the best part is the data actually need not be labeled at all to be placed into a Pandas data structure. Pandas deal with three different types of data structures. One is series, then data frame and panel. Series is basically one dimensional array like structure with homogeneous data. When I talk about data frame, it is a two dimensional array with heterogeneous data, basically rows and columns. So if you can consider actually series as nothing but single column data frame, right? Now let's talk about panel. So panel is a three dimensional data structure with heterogeneous data. It is hard to represent the panel in a graphical, re in graphical representation, but a panel can be illustrated as a container of data frame. Let's talk about NumPy now. So NumPy is a powerful n-dimensional array object, which is the form of rows and columns. And we can initialize NumPy arrays from nested Python list and access its elements. Right, so, you know, NumPy is basically a Python package which stands for numerical Python and is the core library for scientific computing. Right, so let me just, uh, you know, take you through the diagram that is there in front of your screen. It is nothing but a NumPy array. So if you notice here, we have four rows and we have three columns here right now always remember guys always indexing in python starts with zero right so if i want to access this particular element that is one which is present in my first row and first column i'll write a zero comma zero right similarly if i want to uh, you know uh, access this particular element that is two i'll write a zero comma one first will come the name of my uh, the, the number of my row which is a zeroth row and uh, this is my first column because this will be my zeroth column and this will be my first and this will be our third column, right? Similarly, if I, you know, bonus slice this particular element that is nine, all I have to type here is a two of one. So two will be basically my row, right? So this is the second row and uh, the first column. And now we are going to talk about a library that is called matplotlib. So till now we have discussed a couple of libraries where we are, you know, basically performing or you can say basically manipulating the data there, right? But when I talk about matplotlib, it is basically for dis, uh, data visualization. And it's a proven fact that human brain can actually understand, uh, you know, things better when it is, you know, uh, in a graphical format compared to numbers, right? And uh, matplotlib is, is a Python package, which is basically for data visualization for producing 2D uh, graphs, right? And with matplotlib, you can, you know, produce different kinds of graphs, bar graph, histogram, scatter plot, pie plot, hexagonal bin plot, area plot. Now, Selenium browsers or drivers are, you know, uh, support, uh, they support basically Fro uh, Firefox, Chrome, different browsers, right? So we can code in our way to control browser tasks with the help of Selenium, right? And primarily it is for automating web applications for testing purposes. But let me tell you guys, it is not only limited to just that. Boring web-based administration tasks can be automated as well. And when you, you know, understand things more uh, with this particular package, 
it'll, it'll be really great to see you know how much time you can actually save by using uh, you know uh, by seeing things happening automatically right so this is the power of, of the selenium package uh, that we have in, in with python and uh, so what we do is we use selenium to open the site of our requirement right and uh, there we inspect the element across the uh, uh, you know wherever we want our inputs to go right so over here what i'm going to do is i'm going to perform functional testing and uh, for that i'll be uh, you know uh, using is basically facebook i'll be testing the facebook uh, uh, login page and now i'm going to talk about a library that is called opencv so opencv python is a python wrapper for original opencv c++ implementation it makes use of numpy which is a highly optimized library for numerical operations with a matlab style, style syntax and all the opencv array structures are converted to and from numpy array right and it is mostly used for computer vision so all the images or frames are first converted to numpy arrays for processing so what i'll be showing you here is a simple example of phase detection right although you can go ahead and process a video as well you can you can make a motion detector with opencv as well so let's talk about scipy now so scipy contains modules for optimization you know linear algebra integration interpolation special functions fft signal and image processing and and lot of other tasks common in science and engineering now the doubt in your mind will be what is the difference between numpy scipy right so let me tell you that scipy runs on top of numpy arrays and in an ideal world numpy would contain nothing but the array data types and the most basic operations like indexing sorting reshaping you know uh, element wise uh, basic element wise functions that i'm talking about right so uh, and all the numerical code would reside in scipy so that's what uh, is basically scipy that's what basically scipy is and in any case scipy contains more fully featured versions of linear algebra modules as well as many other numerical algorithms so if you are doing scientific computing with python you should probably install both numpy and scipy and most new features belong in scipy rather than numpy so let's see which library we are going to discuss next now i'm going to talk about a library that is called scikit-learn scikit-learn is probably the most useful library for machine learning in python it is on numpy scipy and matplotlib this library contains a lot of efficient tools for machine learning and even statistical modeling including classification regression clustering and what not right and uh, it should not be used for reading the data guys let me tell you that i mean uh, it should not be used for reading the data manipulating and summarizing it there are better libraries like numpy and pandas that we have just discussed so it comes with a lot of features right let me just tell you about few of them first is i'm going to talk about is called supervised learning algorithm now think of any supervised learning algorithm you might have heard about and there is a very high chance that it is a part of scikit learn starting from generalized linear models support vector machines decision tree all of them are part of scikit learn toolbox the spread of algorithms is one of the big reasons for high usage of scikit learn and i started using scikit learn to solve supervised learning problems and would recommend that to people new to scikit or machine learning as well then cross validation so there are various methods to check the accuracy of your supervised models on an unseen data then it is even used for unsupervised learning algorithms and it the best part is it provides you various toy data sets right so this comes in handy when you are learning scikit learn and the last but not the least 
feature extraction. It is useful for extracting features from images and text. Now I'm going to talk about PySpark. We all know that, you know, big data is, is you know, everyone's talking about big data. It is a buzzword. And there are a few frameworks that were introduced, right, uh, in order to process that big data. First came Hadoop for batch processing. Then there was a need for near real-time processing framework due to which Spark was introduced, which performs in-memory near real-time processing. It is, written in it is written in Scala, but we know how great Python is, right? It has a great community. So therefore, for Python developers to leverage the power of Apache Spark, Apache community released a tool called PySpark. And using PySpark, you can work on RDDs using Python programming as well. So there'll be a separate course coming up uh, soon uh, on PySpark, right? So, you know, keep on checking the website. You'll, you'll find a, a course on PySpark soon. Let's talk about Django. So Django is a high-level Python web framework that encourages rapid development and clean, pragmatic design. So it is built by experienced developers and it takes care of much of the hassle of web development, guys. So you can focus on writing your application, you know, without uh, needing to reinvent the wheel. It's free and open source. And let me just discuss a few features of Django. First of all, it is pretty fast, guys, right? Then it is absolutely secure and it is scalable at the same time. So if you have a website which you, which you know you can ex you can expect a heavy traffic at any point of time, Django is is a correct option for you. Last but not the least, and this is my personal favorite, guys, and it is TensorFlow. Right. So TensorFlow is an open software library for numerical computation using data flow graphs. It was originally developed by Google Brain team with Google's machine intelligence research organization for machine learning and deep neural networks research. With TensorFlow, you can implement convolutional neural nets, recurrent neural nets, and whatnot, guys. It is a cross uh, TensorFlow is cross-platform. It runs on nearly everything, GPUs and CPUs, even including mobile and embedded platforms, right? So, and even on the tensor processing units, right? Which are specialized hardware to do tensor math on. Right, so let me just quickly, uh, you know, open my PyCharm and over here I'm going to show you a use case where I have a data set about, uh, 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 you know, uh, the sonar signals, right? Uh, so based on the sonar signals bounced from a metal or, uh, uh, you know, a rock, right? So the readings that, have, that we have got are there in the data set itself. And based on that, we have the output as well, whether the obstacle is a rock or a mine. So I'm going to train my model on that data set and after that I'm going to provide it with some random input and uh, with that input it will predict whether the obstacle is a rock or a mine right so I've named this particular use case as a naval mine identifier this particular model so uh, if you're looking for Python course online uh, uh, instructor-led Python course so Edureka provides these four courses on Python First is Python certification training for data science. Then we have basic Python programming certification course. Then we even have machine learning certification training using Python. And finally, AI and deep learning with TensorFlow. So these are the, all the courses that are provided by Edureka, right? Uh, so if you're interested, you can go ahead, uh, visit the Edureka website. And uh, thank you guys uh, for attending today's session. I hope it was useful.